Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gathering Movement interview series. My name is Bridget Aileen Sisko. I'm a speaker, author, Kundalini yoga teacher, and your host for today. We're going to be talking to Cornell Thomas all about the power of positivity. So thank you, Cornell, for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Awesome. So if you're new to the gathering movement, really this intention and this mission and this series began because I wanted to bring together thought leaders, way showers, pioneers, these badass people across all different industries from the healing arts to finance to fitness to education who are really here to empower others to become the leader of their lives and really do some good work in the world. So I always like to start with my first question. And the question is, how does your work in the world empower others to be the leader of their lives? Hmm. Well, I would say that my work is uh, to inspire people. So I, I really do believe that motivation is something that is intrinsic. I don't think that you can motivate human beings, right? Like they say, you can lead a, a, a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So my goal on this planet is to inspire people about multiple uh, multiple things so purpose positivity mindset unity uh, all those things so i think that my work if it can inspire someone to take action then mission accomplished it inspire someone to think a little bit differently than the way they were then then mission accomplished mm, i love that we're on the same wavelength here and i'm sure that the community who watches this will also be on the same wavelength so if you are here with us live definitely let us know post any questions comments fun that we're having um, as we go. So for you, the the whole idea of the power of positivity, when did you really realize that that was something important and was gonna be a driving force of your own life? Yeah, I, I always knew it was important because growing up, you know, we had a you know pretty dire situation. You know, my father passed when I was really young. He's a police officer in Passaic, New Jersey. He passed when I was four and my mom raised five of us by herself, with like no money. So I, I was raised by a lioness. So uh, I, my mom was the kind of person that she never put her head in her hands and said that this is impossible. You know, I talk about my mom, Bridget, like I get a knot in my throat because this woman is so, she's such an integral part of the man I am. And I, 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 I only pray that young men understand how beautiful, powerful and impactful women are. Right. I, I only pray that, like, I really do mean that I get goosebumps when I say it because you know, I, I didn't have my father, but it didn't make me any less of a man, right? Mm -hmm. Like it didn't make me any less. I had a woman that gave me, you know, more love than, you know, eight parents could have gave me. So uh, I grew up, you know, on the everything happens for a reason. And one thing that people often understand is you don't, sometimes you don't realize what that reason is until later on in life. Like I didn't realize why my father passed until I had a son, right? Until I had mm -hmm. my child and held him in my arms. Then I realized like, oh, okay, this is the most important job ever that you're ever gonna have and maybe if i had a dad i don't know maybe i would have took it for granted i don't know so mm -hmm. i've always wanted to be a father ever since i was little but everything happens for a reason also can happen a lot like think about martin luther king right so he did all this stuff he was murdered so he didn't get to see the fruits of his labor he didn't get to see kind of where we went from there he just lived every day and like every day he lived his movement so same thing with you like every day you live your movement every day i live my movement in terms of positivity i didn't get into this until eight years ago but my mindset has always been and my my chapters have always been kind of turning towards this page until i finally got here but it's all because of the great tina thomas it's all because of my mom uh why my mindset is how it is mm, i love it mm, thank you mom thank you mom <laughs> 
that means the world. So I, I did pull up your, your website before this and I saw that you were a past athlete and I've always been really inspired by athletes because they have this mindset and this determination and this resilience that I don't think we naturally have unless you've probably been an athlete or have some exposure to to the work. So how did that shape really some of your core values? Yeah, well, the funny thing with me is people see me and they're like, oh man, you must've been playing basketball since you were two. I, I didn't start playing basketball when I was 16 and I sucked. I was terrible. Like I was God awful. Like a lot of people see like tall black dude. He looks semi-athletic. He probably was super coordinated. I was like a baby deer, you know? So I started playing basketball because I didn't feel up until that point that I had any type of identity. No one knew me for anything. They knew me as Cornell so-and-so's little brother or Cornell whatever, like got the bad haircut. Like I had a high top fade. It was like crooked. So people knew me for that shit, but they, they didn't know me for anything. So I had a cousin from where my mom is from in, in small town called Burson's Virginia that was like this stud athlete. And one day I saw all these newspaper clippings of him and it inspired me to like, oh, I wanna be a basketball player. I had no idea the work that had to be put in, but you're right. The difference between athletes, especially when you're trying to play at a professional level in everybody else is that you realize that success is solitude. It's a very lonely place sometimes. Like that, once you get there, it's not because everyone wants to come onto your journey, but the, the work up until that point, I was by myself so much. I was alone so much and I was okay with that because the end game for me was playing professional basketball so my mom didn't have to struggle anymore. Mm. So I had like this such this, now when pe people say like, what's your why? It's like, a, you know, everybody uses that now, but like for real, like my purpose was so my mom could stop struggling so she can like take a minute and rest. And that's why I was so driven. And once you have that drive and that work ethic, it doesn't go anywhere. You just transfer it. You transfer it to, for me, I transfer it to coaching, I transfer it to speaking, I transfer it to being a father. You just transfer the work ethic to other places. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I just think about like the entrepreneurial journey. I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and it can probably be a pretty lonely place. You know, you're so dedicated. You're you're doing day in and day out the same things. And sometimes you see no results. Right. But you have to be in it for the long game. You yeah, have book, to be in it. It's just so funny you said that I, again. You're like, we're lined up. Right. So my my next book that's coming out later on, like in the January, is called Game of Death. And it's all about entrepreneurship like real entrepreneurship, like not the stuff that you see on social media, like make six figures in one day, like not that garbage. Like it's like real, like, hey man, like you're gonna be eating ramen noodles for the next three months, just so you can make this, lift this project and make this thing happen. So it's all about like the mindset. And that's why I think it's helped me become an entrepreneur is because one, I knew at a very early age, I never wanted to work for anybody. Like I knew that at a very, very early age. I was like, I ain't working for nobody. Like I'm not gonna have anybody control my destiny. Um, there's a quick story. So when I was in sixth grade, I played uh, little league baseball, right? I just tried it for a year, I played little league baseball. And we had like, there was no food in the house. I, I felt like there, as a kid, there's food in the house, but you feel like there's no food in the house because it's not the food that you want in the house. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm so hungry. I was like, mom, can we order a pizza? And my mom looked at me and she's like, no. And like, it's only one time, right? Just no, and that's it. Like, it's a wrap, don't ask again. And so, <laughs> My mom was part of this group called Weight Watchers mm -hmm. and they had these like chocolate chip cookies, like a box of a hundred and they taste like death, right? There's five kids in the house. No one has eaten these cookies at all. We all tried one and like, I think we all threw up at the same time. So there's this big box of cookies left 
And I went up to my mom and I said, mom, you know, can I have those cookies? And she goes, yeah, baby boy. She goes, you know, don't eat them all. And I'm like, I don't gotta worry about that shit. So I go upstairs, I put on my baseball uniform, I get this box of cookies and I sell them to my neighbors. I just walk. I might have. I might have possibly said that we were building a field, but I walked down the block and I sold all a hundred cookies for like fifty cents. I made like fifty bucks. And when I came back home, my mom was waiting for me like on the front porch, and I'm like thinking about my like, oh, I'm gonna die. Like I'm literally gonna die. Like I'm, I'm gonna tell my mom what I just did, and she's gonna kill me. They're gonna make a T-shirt with my face on it. So I get to my mom, and my mom goes, "What'd you do with the cookies?" And I put my head down. I said, "Mom, I, I sold them." And she looked at me and she laughed and she kissed me on my forehead and she goes, I don't worry about you. And, and at like that moment, she could have literally killed my idea of being an entrepreneur. She could have crushed it if I would have gotten in trouble. But instead, she was just so happy that I was resourceful. And let me keep $50. In sixth grade, $50 back then was like a million dollars. I'm like, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm going to make it rain up in here. Like, what am I going to do with 50 bucks, right? So... Um, again, the influence of Tina Thomas is, is reign supreme. Mm. Maybe your next book is also just going to be about her. Yeah. If I can get through it, I, I, I wrote a chapter on my third book about her and I just, I tried to read it to her in front of people at one of my events and I could like, I just couldn't. Mm. <laughs> so special. So special. And now how did, like, what do people do though? If they have that parent or that person in their life, that's like, no, nah, you can't do it. Yeah. That's well, that's the hardest thing, right? So I spoke in Dubai two years ago, and that was the question that came up more than any other question. It's a different culture. So it's like, if you're my child and I'm a doctor, then you are a doctor. And I don't care what you want. I don't care what your dreams are, Bridget. Like you're gonna be a doctor just like your father, right? So that's the question I got. And what I would tell the kids is like, you have to understand something at some point in time, you're gonna wake up and you're gonna realize you're living someone else's life and not yours. Time is so short. Like time is such a list. Time is BS, right? There's no, there's no such thing, yep. right? Like such a BS. But it's like how we re- figure out like how to go to work and how to come back home and oh, it's dark. And blah. So, but you're going to wake up and you're going to be 80 and you're going to realize that I live my life for everybody but myself. So if my mom was opposite and I had this mindset, if my mom said to me, hey, Cornell, I don't think you can do anything, Right. Words are negative, right? They're all neutral until you give them a label. My friend Michael told, said this at the last positivity summit. All of them, they're, they're neutral until you give it a label. So if I say to myself, well, my mom doesn't think I can do it, so I can't do it, then you're right. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people all the time. Like, whatever you, whatever you want to plant in this garden, you're right. You, you don't think you can do it? 100%. You cannot do it. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, what you think? I'm going to throw you some rainbows and butterfly type stuff? Like, I'm real. I'm giving, I'm being real with you, yep. right? If you say that, I can do, there's nothing I cannot do. And you put the work and action towards it. I 100% believe that you can do it. Bridget, if you tell me, hey, Cornell, this is going to be the biggest show that has ever come out, bigger than Joe Rogan, bigger than all these other shows. I'm going to be like, hell yeah, it's going to be. Let's freaking go. How can I help? Right? Because that's something that you truly believe. You know, it's something that's helping people. That's why I try to tell kids, like, sometimes you can't, Make your you can't control your circle because sometimes people in your circle are your family and they're negative. But you've got to filter what messages you take in. And if you don't have filtration there, you know, you're gonna be at the control of their words. Preach. That's all I gotta say. Preach. <laughs> Preach. 
Hell yeah. That's really, I mean, what it comes down to. Like everything that we plant in this garden, then what we water it, who we spend time with, what we believe in, that's what we're going to create. So you have that choice. And I like to bring it back to the individual. Like you have that choice at the end of the day, what you're going to do and make of your life. You do. Well, we, that's the thing. We don't think we do, right? Like we make every excuse to take that power away. Oh, no, that's not up to us. I had a bad back, uh, bad upbringing or I live here or like, you know, my girlfriend hates me. My boyfriend says I can't do it. That's not on them. They're just being who they are supposed to be in this world, I guess. That's on you. You're the one believing it. If, if you tell me, Bridget, like, hey, Cornell, you know, what? I think you're really short. I'm six foot five. If you say that to me and I'm like, I can't believe Bridge thinks I'm short. That's terrible. <laughs> like, why does she why does she think I'm short? And that's what I focus and fixate on. That's not your fault. That's all on me, right? So I, I think it's it's we just give power away all the time. We give power away all the time. We don't realize like it's right there for the taking. Mm -hmm. Now I'm curious, just for my own personal selfish reasons, what are your greatest dreams? Like I need to know because if this is what we're talking about, they gotta be big. <laughs> <laughs> my dreams are crazy. They're crazy in the best way. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my one of my biggest purposes that I say, because I have multiple purposes, but one of them is helping people realize they have purpose. Right. That's one of the biggest things. That's why I love to speak. That's why I love to travel and meet different cultures, et cetera. There's a couple of things that I want to do. Not a couple, a million. So one, I'm working like on a TV show. Right. Because TV. Can I curse? Yeah. Oh, TV is bullshit. Right. Like we know this. Right. Like TV is bullshit. Um, TV is going to be okay, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is supposed to, uh, how you're supposed to feel. These are the cool kids. These are the kids that aren't cool, blah, 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 blah. It's been like that since the beginning of TV, right? So I want to have a television station that's all positive, good vibe TV and programming. All of it. Every like Nothing you turn on is going to have any drama, any negative, any celebrity garbage, none of that stuff. You're not going to see a Kardashian butt. You're not going to see any of this stuff, right? So that's, that's one thing. I want to eventually at some point open up an entrepreneur school, right? And I want to get kids from all different areas, inner city, suburb, rural, wherever, bring these kids together, get the dopest educators, not make it look like a freaking prison, like all our schools look, not have the kids sitting down for nine hours straight, learning historic facts that are untrue, but we still say they're true because we don't want to take the time to change the damn history books, right? It's another thing. I want to speak 100 to 150 times a year for the next three years. And then after that, I want to taper it down to 50 and have people come to me. I run a thing called the Positivity Summit. I run Positivity Summits all over the world. And I don't want to run it myself. It's not called the Cornell's Dope Summit. It's called the Positivity Summit. I want to be like, hey, Bridge, can you do me a favor? Can you run this Positivity Summit in Australia? Get your people to it. Hey, uh, Gaps, can you run this here? I'll run this here. And I want to bring people together. There's a South African word. Uh, it's Ubuntu. U-B-U-N-T-U means I am because we are, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Like, that's what I want to encompass every day. When I get up in the morning, I'm like, Umbutu. how can I bring people together? How can we get rid of this division that is the narrative we've been given since the beginning yeah. of time, right? We've been given that narrative. Like, oh, wait, you can't like Bridget or you can't vibe with Bridget because she looks a certain way or you look a certain way or she makes a certain amount of money or the gender or whatever. It's, it's garbage. It's such garbage. And we fall for it. Every generation falls for it. So my whole thing is bringing people together, spreading real positivity, not saying never be mad or never be angry or never be what. Like, no, you can you can sit in that for a second. You just can't lay in it, right? So like, I just feel like the message is real. And like, when you see all these people that are 
on social media now, like so many of them, it's the same shit. It's cookie cutter, right? It's the same thing. People are saying the same thing since the beginning of time and they're trying to dress it up. When you come to my event, I'm not behind the curtain, like, and Cornell Thomas. And I like pop up, like, you know, doing this crap. Like when you come to my event, I'm greeting you at the door. Cause who am I? I'm not above you. You're not above me. I'm not below you. Right. So I think it's just important for us, like people like yourself that are doing like beautiful things like this, like you're the one, like your voices are the ones that have to be like broadcast. And I want to hear about Bridget. What's Bridget doing? Cause she's, she's real. Right. And like, and relatable. She's real, relatable and accessible. If you can get the voices that are real, relatable and accessible out there for people, now true change is going to happen. Hell yeah. And I love this like shift because I've always thought about this with like leaders and celebrities. We put this on them on these crazy pedestals and then we make ourselves feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> and that's bullshit. Exactly. That is bullshit. That is, we have no space for that. So oh. the way I see it is like, I'm a leader and I'm a student at the same time. Mm. I'm a teacher and I can understand and learn from someone else. Mm -hmm. And we're all in this together. Yeah. So all that division stuff, everything that separates us is an illusion. It's literally a huge illusion. We're all on this floating planet together. Like, let's go big a little bit, guys. Yeah. We're on this floating planet in meat suits, just yeah. trying to do our best. Yep. <laughs> um, absolute facts. Absolute facts. Like, I always tell people, every day you wake up, you win the lottery. Every day. Every day you get an opportunity. You are just an Instagram Live today. I said, think about this. You could have been on this earth having this experience as a squirrel. <clears throat> Imagine that. You could be a squirrel right now. You could be seeing these large things running down your cousins and family members as you were just trying to get walnuts. Like you could be a freaking squirrel. You got chosen to be a human. Yeah. You got chosen to be a human. How dope is that? Like you can experience, like animals can experience love too, but we can articulate that to other people. Like I love this person, right? Like that's such, a, it's like the golden ticket, right? Like we all found the golden ticket. It's like, and we just, throw it away. It's mm. crazy. So you and I are on this, you know, wild revolution to yeah. bring the power back into people's hands so they can yeah. realize that they are worthy and they've always been worthy. It's mm -hmm. just their stories that they've told themselves day in and day out that have yeah. caused them to realize that that's not true. Yep. hundred, 100%. I love it. I mean, you get me all fired up. I'm gonna go headbutt a bear after this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the gym <laughs> after this. Cause I can't wait. I am fired up. <laughs> They'd be like, Bridget, come, come down. You have like weights running on a treadmill at the same time. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, and one of my biggest missions is to you uh, inspire us to use our voices. Mm -hmm. I think one person makes the change in the world. And it starts with that one person who says, I can do this and I can make someone else's day. And that other person can then inspire someone else and it becomes this crazy ass ripple effect. But when we don't say yes to ourselves, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and humanity. I truly, truly believe. For sure, for sure. I mean, think about it. This is why I don't worry about who's in the White House ever. I never worry about it. And this is why, because I'll never meet that person, right? Neither will you, neither will anybody else. 99.99% of the people on the planet will never meet the person that's there. You know who you will meet? Your neighbor. The person you meet at the supermarket, right? The person that's at the DMV that's annoying as shit, but you're like trying to like usah and like practice patience. Like that's our life experience is determined by people that we are, we come in contact with, right? And that uh, affect us directly. That's why my life experience is never going to be changed by 
something as trivial and as dumb and as corrupt as politics. Yeah. Never, ever will I play that game. Like you have family members unfriending each other because of something they cannot control, something that is so corrupted and so ridiculous as politics. And this is what people argue about. This is the flag that you fly every day, like getting into arguments and saying this side and that side. Guess what? Both sides suck. There's your newsflash. There's your newsflash. You know why? Because both sides are ran by people that don't give a shit about Bridget or a shit about Cornell. All they care about is money. That's it, right? They care about the 1%, not the 99%. And the 99% isn't black people, white people, men, women. 99% is all of us. We're all in the 99%. Like, yo, what's up? We're not billionaires. We're not trillionaires yet. Like, what's up? Like, why are you forgetting about us? Right. So I, I just I look at social media and I, I just laughed to myself. I said, man, you're going to spend your whole life with so much anger and so much hurt when you can just literally just turn your news off, turn the TV off and then you start thinking for yourself. Hmm. Oof, I think this is a great reminder and probably one of the main reasons why you are going to start your own TV show, because we are a product of what we consume, the food we consume, the relationships, the conversations. So if you are feeding yourself with the bullshit and the narratives that aren't truth, aren't like true, 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 truth, mm -hmm. that's going to be your reality. Yeah. And I think, you know, the question to the world is, what do you choose? Mm. In your court. Yeah, that's a beautiful question, right? Imagine everybody woke up and said, hey, what am I going to choose today? What am I going to choose today? That's a beautiful, I get goosebumps. That, that's a beautiful question. What am I going to choose today? Right? And like you can use that any situation, any moment, right? The person, the barista at Starbucks, get your name wrong. And you, am I going to choose to be butthurt because she called me Cordelli or she called me instead of Cornell? <laughs> or am I going to be cool with it and be like, man, at least I can afford coffee, right? At least I, well, I drink hot chocolate. At least I can afford hot chocolate, you know? So it's, that's beautiful, Bridget. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, we could probably riff on this for hours. So <laughs> midnight and everyone's like, what's going on? <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. We're sitting there like, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh my God. Call the authorities. These people have lost their mind. So for the people out there who are like, I want to say yes to myself. I deserve a life that I love. Where do they start? What do they do, Cornell? Yeah. Well, the, the, the hardest thing for us to do as human beings is self-assess. The hardest thing. The hardest thing for us to do is look in the mirror because it's scary in there. It's so freaking scary in there because this brain works on a negativity bias. That means if I tell you, hey, Bridge, I got $15,000 for you, immediately your mind is going to start saying, well, where is it from? Is it stolen? Like, why are you going to kill me after? Like, what, what's $15,000? Like, it's very hard for us to accept good things. That's why there's a pros and cons, right? Because it protects us. It's like, okay, maybe this thing isn't good. But a lot of people, they lean so far to the negativity mm -hmm. that they don't see what's going on. So the first thing is you need to do is you get up a sheet of paper, right? And you start asking yourself questions, right? Like I start asking myself questions, like, what do I want to do? Like, what do I want? Like, seriously, like, what do I want to do? And when I meet people that say, like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, well, you're not asking the question enough. Right. Like you're not really breaking it down. So back in the days before this bullshit math, like common core nonsense. Right. Um, we used to do like division and be like long division. Right. Like five divided by 100. And you put the two and the zero and then it comes down. But and then you start doing this. And next thing you know, you get down to the lowest common denominator or nothing or zero. That's how it has to be when you self-assess. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Like, this is what I want to do. And then all of a sudden, you're, that little voice is going to say, well, you can't do that. Well, why is that little voice saying that? Like, why can't I do it? And then you break it down, break it down, break it down. Then you find out, well, when you were in fourth grade, so this teacher said that you were a terrible artist, right? Or were you in, when you were in high school, someone said that there's no way you could ever model, right? Or you're not smart enough to be a lawyer. And then you start getting to the root of the problem. You realize at the end of the day, it's not that person's words. It's you believing them. And so why not go out and be exactly who the F you're supposed to be on the planet and stop letting other people control your life? So without that self-assessment, without saying, well, I'm very talented at this, I'm very passionate about this, let me put these things together. Without that, you just you end up just being part of the flock and you just live your 75, 80 years whenever you die and then you just perish. And then your experience, then we, we don't know what's happening next and we'll see what happens next. But I, while I'm in this body, man, I wanna enjoy it. Like I wanna shit, I wanna go crazy. Yeah. You know, then whatever happens next happens next. But while I'm here, man, I need to discover, I need to find things out. I need to like meet new people. I was in Saudi Arabia uh, last year and I was just like, holy crap. Like I'm in Saudi, I'm a kid from Passaic, New Jersey. Like I'm in Saudi Arabia right now. Like what in the hell is happening, God? Like the universe is like, yo, I got you, fam. <laughs> It doesn't mean things are easy. Life is a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Like a struggle every day. There's always something I can focus on. But the fact that there's so much abundance that's opening up because I just believe it's there. You know, I believe I believe whoever you want to be, you just haven't caught up to yet. In mm -hmm. either direction, in either direction, good or bad, the best version of Bridget is literally sitting there like this. Come on, girl. Like I see you working. Come on. I'm waiting. Let's go. Right? Either or. I love it. And um, I appreciate the the tangible aspect to that because I think something that trips people up with this work of like self-discovery and figuring out their purpose and positivity is it feels so esoteric and ethereal. Mm. So it's like, okay, we got to bring that down into our 3D human reality and take out a piece of paper and start asking yourself some questions. Yeah. But you can see, but this is the thing, like you can talk about this B, I'm already giving you your nickname, but like you can talk about this and like you can break it down into layman's terms, right? And that's why people that are like light workers and stuff like that, like that's what they need to understand. A lot of them can't do that shit. A lot of them are like, yeah, you know, your you know fifth chakra is and is closed and blah blah blah. It's like somebody that doesn't know what you're talking about is gonna think you're in Looneyville, right? Like you have to, even though all that stuff is real and true, you've got to be able to put it in layman's terms. Yeah. You have to be able to have a conversation with someone and meet them where they are. They're not ready to learn about chakras and third eyes and stuff, all that stuff. Like, tell them how to get better. Like, what's the step? Give them an actionable step. And then they're going to be able to, then once they get through it, then they'll be able to like, oh, okay, cool. I'm starting to understand a little bit more of this stuff, right? So I just try to put everything, like, even my books. My books, I, I want a fifth grader to be able to pick up my book and at least kind of understand the concepts and be like, okay, I'm kind, I kind of see what this dude is talking about. I love that. I work with a lot of very spiritual entrepreneurs and this is the biggest struggle because their language and like, you know, they're very much thinking of the deeper introspective parts mm -hmm. of life. And I personally made a decision about a year ago that I was going to be the bridge, right? Bridget, I was going to be the bridge <laughs> between, between the upper realms of spiritual and the just real ass 3D reality that we have going on here. And I have to make it relatable or else this is not going to be as easy as I want it to. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that's so dope though. I love that your name is Bridget because you are a hundred percent the bridge. You can put it where people can understand it. And my friends that are 
in that realm, that spiritual realm, I'm always telling them, it's like, hey, man, I, I feel you. I love it. I love what you're trying to say, but people don't understand what you're talking about. Like the people in your world understand what you're talking about. They're the ones that are like, yeah, high five. People that don't know you, they, they're going to turn it off within four or five seconds because they don't they don't realize what you're talking about. They don't understand it. Yep. Ah, so important. So important. So for everyone listening today, what is this one thing that they need to remember right now, right here? Yeah. You are here for a reason. Like you are here for a reason. Like you were created and not your purpose doesn't have to be some macro level thing. Your purpose doesn't have to be saving the world, right? That's on other people. Your purpose can be saving your house. It could be being a good neighbor. It could be, you have no idea the ripple that you can you can you can start by just being a kind human being, right? Being a kind human being can man cause so many different ripples of positivity. Like my mom people would think that what she did was in like a micro level in terms of like the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But if she didn't do what she did, I couldn't do what I'm doing. Like I'm chasing in the macro level thanks to her. Right. So like, you just never know, you know, where that, how far that ripple is going to go. We're all cogs in the wheel. We're all very important. And there's a reason that you're here and, and never forget that even on your worst day in the eye of the freaking storm, never forget that you were picked to be here. Mm. Never forget. I love that. Thank you. So if anyone wants to learn about you more and about your work and about your books and everything you do, let's lay it down. Oh, easy. Instagram at Cornell Thomas 34. Uh, that was my basketball number. So you can hit me up there. I, I always message people back. People are very surprised. They slide into my DMs like, hey, man. I'm like, yo, what's up? They're like, oh, <laughs> message back. I'm like, I'm super accessible. That's where I message most people. LinkedIn, Cornell Thomas, Twitter, Cornell Thomas, Facebook, Cornell Thomas. And my website's cornell-thomas.com. So anything you need to want to know, question, want to give me a virtual high five, just hit me up. I love it. Thank you so much. And I've been uh, I've been sharing this at the end of the Gathering Movement interviews lately, but I have a very audacious goal of interviewing 100 people next year. I want to interview 100 way showers, pioneers, just badass humans who are here to empower the world. And on top of that goal, I want to interview at least three very famous people because I want to show people that someone like me who isn't famous or rich or perfect can do it because yeah. I want to be that change in the world. So if you yeah. know someone, anyone out there, you're going to tag them in this video and we're going to get this shit done. <laughs> I got you. I got you. B. I got you. Trust me. I got your back. I got some dope people that you can interview that are like, you'll, you'll, you'll love them. Beautiful. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone who is watching right now. Thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this in the future. We love you and you have a purpose. Thank you.